pick your class and learn your battle points. Because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 192 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about squadrons and the future for the community. Today, I am joined by... Hello, I'm Rog Wolf. I do content on Starfighter topics. I'm very excited about Star Wars squadrons, obviously. I do YouTube videos and I'm a blogger with my own website. Thanks for having me, Sage. Hello, I'm uh, Arcros Captures, although nowadays it's more of Arcros and, and less of Captures, but that's, that's <laughs> to change again soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I basically make uh, virtual photography on, uh, on Star Wars games. Hello, I'm, I'm Splitscreen, I'm a Star Wars gaming YouTuber, and I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, very much excited for Star Wars Squadrons, going to be having a lot of speculative content on that game when we know for some more details, it should be pretty awesome. Hi, I'm DangerCat. I'm one of the guys behind Wayfinder, um, also the developer of Battlefront Stats and Open Game Camera. Excellent. Let's get started. So let's get started with talking about Squadrons, aka Project Maverick, aka the game that Rogue probably pooped his pants when he heard the news. <laughs> don't tell anyone i told you not to tell anyone <laughs> well so to be fair when i first uh, learned that this star wars game will be something specifically for us pilots i did scream for a bit and um it's not a myth that uh, someone named danger cat had to actually mute me for a second because as you can imagine if you are a pilot main like me who's been desperately begging DICE, Electronic Arts, Criterion to please, please, please give us more Starfighter content in Star Wars Battlefront 2. When this person learns that he actually gets to play a game that is, well, aimed at people like him. Yeah, I shouted a lot. I think <laughs> I swore as well. Yes, I'm very well, excited. Yeah, it's well deserved after the, you know, two and a half years of basically not a lot, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's about time. <laughs> it makes you wonder if they held off on the Starfighter content until... Like, because they knew that this was coming, so they just didn't make any content. Actually, that's one of the first reactions I got when um, Project Maverick leaked, and I talked to my um, pilot friends. Um, I have a pretty huge um, pilot community on uh, PlayStation Network, and when I learned about the leak, obviously I posted it on there. It was a, so that's why they didn't do more Starfighter stuff in Battlefront. So that's probably a pretty popular assumption. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. What do you guys think? Um, I, I think that's pretty... Uh, oh, what's the word? Yeah, I, I think it's a fairly valid reason for it. Because I, mean, I think if we do get a whole game based on Starfighters, which you know hopefully at some stage might span across all three eras, then it's going to be... I think it's going to be great because we'll have a multiplayer game that's focused solely... Well, you know, it's got Starfighter content in there, but its main focus, you know, post-launch really was infantry combat and stuff like that. It'd be really nice if we have that and then have a whole game just Starfighters itself. It's kind of like we both get some nice, really deep and rich content for, for both sides of it, mm. really. It's, it's definitely one of those things like Battlefront was supposed to be like the be-all Star Wars like multiplayer game and then it just kind of like fell off for the Starfighters. So I think it's really great if 
if, as they showed, they didn't really like know what to exactly do with Starfighters, just to have like a whole game dedicated on that. I think that's really good to see. And again, like bringing back somewhat squadrons, like we don't know fully quite yet. Uh, tomorrow we will know as we record. Um, but I was a huge fan of the Star Wars Squadron, uh, Rogue Squadron games, and if it's even slightly connected, and it seems like it is just from the like the name of it. It's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, it's it's crazy how just having a name reveal just hyped me up so much. Like, cause at, at the time we're recording this, we haven't seen uh, any footage yet, so I'm 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 super excited for tomorrow to finally get our eyes on uh, on what Motive has been working on for uh, for a while now. But uh, but just knowing that Project Maverick is gonna be called Star Wars Squadrons is so exciting to me. I like the. Um I'm hoping personally that it's going to be a very, it's obviously a multiplayer focused game, but I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to be a very co-op centric game, like a game that you can play with your friends. Um, mm-hmm. The pluralized title squadron sort of makes me think that it is. Yeah, that was my first instinct too when they, they showed that. It was like, okay, this, at least from the name, it seems like they're going to be focusing on getting a group of a squadron so you can have like it would be awesome as if like you could customize your squadron kind of like insignia or anything like that have like that kind of customization so you could have like your own squadron in star wars not too dissimilar from the uh cruise in gta in that you can yeah customize the logo and have like color schemes for your cars or ships in this case that would be awesome yeah i mean i'm part of a starfighter squadron on um PS4, the World 181st, and we are a group of, well, both boys and girls. We span across the globe, and probably my best gaming experience I ever had is with these people playing Starfighter Assault in Battlefront 2. And we even, um, we fought against other squadrons, like friendly battles. We fought against each other in so-called civil wars, and that was always so intense. So if it's really about squadrons as the title supposes it's gonna be very interesting to see what you know what the first thing i thought was i hope it has um private matches i was like if it's about squadrons and that you can um you know join with your friends in a squadron and fight other squadrons online in multiplayer uh, apparently that's what this game is about if everything we know so far holds up true i really hope um they don't make us drop petty lobbies before we actually find the group we want to play against Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely because i feel like the in terms of like community events and stuff like that if you do have kind of two friendly squad rivals and stuff like that you can really go into that you know obviously with a private match or something that would be really really good you know you can have like dog fighting it kind of depends on what modes they have as well because i've already got like a bunch of ideas you know maybe it's like just a standard dog fight or you can like escort mission like in fight squadron you could sometimes escort um, a lambda shuttle or something like that to gain more points for your mm-hmm. team um, but, you know, just have like a whole mode based on escorting something or destroying a capital ship or something like that. It's like the community events and that side kind of things would be would be really great. But also the potential for customization. And obviously, if you're going to have like, you know, if you can like set up squadrons and stuff like that, then there's a lot of detail that you can go into with that. Yeah. Definitely. I like the idea of uh, kind of like Battlefront of having iconic Star Wars moments, but um, playable and possibly you can like maybe change the outcome non-canon of course mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like one one moment from the movie specifically that i think could be really cool would be the asteroid chase 
where where one player can play as the Millennium Falcon, and then you have a squadron of Tie Fighters trying to chase them through the asteroids. That would be really cool. That would be really fun. Kind of be like um, extraction, except the the extraction cargo is being played by another player, so that adds a little bit more uh, depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I I, I can imagine that as being um, like hero hunt in Battlefront 2015, <laughs> which was a game mode where one hero was playing and, and then everyone else was pretty yeah. much dying through his hand. But it was it was fun in its own way, and I can mm-hmm. see how having some kind of asteroid fields gameplay mm-hmm. moments could. Uh, could give some similar vibes to uh, to that mode. Definitely. The game has a lot of potential, and I feel like it would be what would be really great as well is if um, like actual team chat was a thing as well. Um, yeah. Whether on PC that's like push to talk, or if you've got if it's cross platform, as long as you've got like a, a headset or mic plugged in, like you've got that kind of that chat as well. Because if it's a if it is a squadrons thing, if it's like a you know if it's small scale like five v five or something, which I think I saw a leak on or like could that could be wrong i'm not sure but if it is like 5v5 or something like that then you can get some really awesome moments with communicating with your teammates like you can actually yeah. almost set up in a formation um and if red you know, five if let's say your x-wings exactly you know you oh. could kind of you could get some really cool like you know if anyone's into kind of like playing game because there's loads of like milsim discord servers out there and kind of role-playing one there mm-hmm. when actually playing battlefront so if you had like five versus five and you know you wanted five people in as an x-wing squadron and you're going up against tie fighters you know you you know you're going in there are oh, oh, red one two three four five standing by you know maintain formation or, or you know just you've got loads of like really cool lines just from the films that you can say but also just make it your own and really make stories out of it and depending on the locations you're playing on, you know, whether that's on like above Death Star 2 or the asteroid field or wherever, like there's so much potential in terms of actual storytelling, both single player and multiplayer, but also just for people to create their own stories as well. On that idea, I don't, I don't want to go like super because we're figuring out what's basically the game's going to be in terms of like a teaser trailer kind of thing tomorrow but how how do you feel about just like big big picture idea we've got battlefront having the ground combat we've got um fallen order covering more single player now we have this game that is going to be the tent post for starfighter assault how do you guys feel about that and its place in like star wars gaming i i like the idea of it but i feel like um, Battlefront is obviously a very broad game, and because of that, there are certain areas where the there isn't enough depth for it for any certain part of it to stand out on its own. Like they have mm-hmm. to, uh, like the Starfighters, for example, Starfighter Assault on its own doesn't stand up as a game. So they, then they have to go and make a you know a brand new Starfighter game that's one hundred percent Starfighters and have all the depth that goes with that. So yeah, I, I like the idea of it, but. I feel like to make that vision complete, you need to have a a ground combat game that focuses solely on ground combat mm-hmm. with depth and all that. And a hero's mode as well. Yes. Yeah, I mentioned this on Twitter, but I think one of the really one of the things that was like a fundamental failing of Battlefront is it tried to do too much mm. and tried to very much yeah. tried to serve too many um sections of the star wars fandom because we've got a very robust 
Starfighter game mode in Battlefront that didn't see any love or any updates for the majority of the life cycle. And you have these different eras that were getting neglected. You had these different game modes that were getting neglected, like Galactic Assault, where as soon as we had like Capital Supremacy, it started getting neglected with support. So I, I would love to see EA going forward more specialized in things instead of making one game that does everything, make a bunch of games that do something really well. So that's something I'm really hopeful for for this game. And I'm really hoping it does well. The thing is that you have to keep in mind, though, is that originally the plan was a different one. Even like post the loot box fiasco launch, like um, two or three months later, Dennis Brandwall did a Q&A on Reddit. And he actually confirmed that there were new Starfighter maps coming and mm -hmm. he confirmed a bunch of other stuff the team was actively working on. For Starfighter, he, for example, just to give you an example... He said they would not only have new space maps, that they would also most likely have maps that have you fly not just in space, but in air combat as well. That never happened. And if you look at the development cycle of Battlefront, I mean, it's amazing what the team at DICE did with limited resources, but I don't think what we got is what they envisioned at the very beginning or Definitely. what they would have wanted to do with it. Vision was probably pretty bold, in terms of giving so many aspects of Star Wars gaming a home in this game. But I don't think that was a bad idea. I actually really like the idea. Don't get me wrong, I'm totally fine with getting a Starfighter-focused game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with that uh, if you're a pilot, but um, it's a shame they didn't um, follow through or they were not able to follow through on what they had originally envisioned. In my opinion, that's just me guessing, of course. Um, and especially as even if you guys are not Starfighter mains um, and even people who don't play Starfighter much will always say that Starfighter Assault is one of the most polished and bug-free modes of all of Battlefront and Criterion Games really did a wonderful job making it a very atmospheric game a playable movie almost in my opinion Definitely. if starfighters are your thing and it's a shame that all got to waste with them not supporting it for mm -hmm. whatever reason so i don't think the approach in general if you ask me was wrong in making one big star wars game to rule them all and i don't think fracturizing is necessarily the way to go Nothing wrong with getting a standalone Starfighter game, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be selfish here. Yeah, I, I very much agree with what you said, uh, Sage, right before. Because um, I feel like on Battlefront 2 especially, you had three types of players. You had uh, the, hero, the hero players who pretty much spent all their time in heroes versus villains, myself included. Um, <laughs> then you had like the, the grunts, combat, the, the troopers of the Battlefronts. Um, who just loved being the, the faceless soldier um, behind a clone mask or, or, a, or a stormtrooper or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you had people like Rogue Wolf who just loved uh, playing Starfighter assaults. And I feel as if those three types of players rarely, well, played other game modes. At least for, I'll speak for myself, I have rarely played Starfighter, Starfighter assaults and, uh, and, 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 and even just trooper modes because I just enjoy my own little section of the, of the Battlefront mm -hmm. so much. So I feel like developing well let's say three games for those three different kind of people who enjoy different kind of games pretty much um would be better for both the player base 
and and developers who could just focus on one aspect instead mm-hmm. of a instead of threading themselves too thin. So this is to me a great move. Yeah, I I really like this move. Yeah, and and you just have like more games. I think that's something that has definitely been lacking yeah. with EA yeah, having the license. Is we've gotten three games, three four games, and they've had the license for what? seven years six or seven years yeah it's about seven years now we had battlefront 2015 battlefront 2 and then fallen order i mean obviously there's capital games with galaxy of heroes but we, we don't obviously in terms of like big you know triple a <laughs> titles then we've got battlefront 1 and then battlefront 2 obviously they're, they're made by the same studio um but then we've got fallen order so we've only had um so obviously we've had criterion and motive work on battlefront 2 as well but you know that was launched and then supported post-launch by dice as you know obviously part mm-hmm. of it but it's like we've in a way sometimes it might feel like we've only well obviously we've had three games but because one was already a sequel to another you know yeah there's not a lot of variation it kind of there's not a lot yeah there's not a lot of variation and like i tweeted out yesterday saying like oh not every not every Star Wars game has to be a Battlefront title. Definitely. And, and I've had I've actually had people reply to that saying, oh, every game has to be a Battlefront title. So, which is really peculiar because I feel like if every game was just a Battlefront title, there would be a severe lack of creative freedom and mm. just overall mm-hmm. um, depth as well. Because if every game was a Battlefront title, then it'd be like, well, if it was like as... Because, I mean, you can obviously have, like, spin-off games. Like, they could easily just call this Star Wars mm. Battlefront Squadrons or something, and it would basically be a... a yeah. like, it would have the Battlefront name in there, but not, like, part of the mm-hmm. big... Uh, and there was supposed picture, to be but... a, uh, a spin-off of Battlefront that got cancelled. There was, yeah. It was, like, an open-world title, wasn't it, or something like that? Or like uh, a, yeah, yeah. From, from leaks, yeah. It was a kind of a, trying to be an open-world sort of thing, really. But Yeah, we've had more games cancelled than come out. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. I wonder if that, um, like the, like the fact that it was open world makes me wonder if, because we knew that before Battlefront came out, they envisioned, and you can see this in the files and some of the concept art and stuff, that they were going to have the Corvus as like a, like the Normandy from Mass Effect where you could walk around and interact with people and there'd be different rooms and stuff and you could do stuff. Mm-hmm. But, there, but there would also be hub worlds. And we also saw that with um, Miser's Castle as well. Oh, that was kind of like a hub world for that one mission. Yeah, but the idea, but the idea was yeah. to do that throughout the game. More, more kind of like how Destiny runs it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and so I'm wondering maybe if there was a point where they decided that that was too ambitious for Battlefront, but not too ambitious for its own spin-off game. Somewhere cut yeah, in possibly, limbo. Yeah, I think that that could work. I feel like if the sides, you know, if if EA get the license contract extended, then I, I feel like it would be really nice if. EA could actually try and make a proper in-depth, you know, fairly large-scale open-world title where you can actually, like, obviously do multiple things, but just, you know, obviously Fallen Order was, you know, is open-world, but it's very, in terms of its level design, it's very linear, mm-hmm. and you you have to go on these kind of set paths, but if they could just kind of open the map up a little bit and make it more non-linear, like, if you went to Tatooine, you wouldn't want to just go to... You, you know, you wouldn't want to go through just these three alleyways. You'd kind of want to try and explore the whole yeah. thing if you went to Mos Eisley. And I just feel like it'd be really nice to have a, a title where you yeah. could see that. 
that's what I was really hoping for with the the city. So it opens up in that one that one uh, planet where yeah. they're, they're scrapping. That's what I really wanted to see more of, like that area expanded. Mm. But I loved Fallen Order. It really opened up what Star Wars games by EA could do. Yeah, 100%. The only issue with a, an open world Star Wars game is, and I run into this every time I try and think of a, an open world Star Wars idea, is how do you define the boundaries on that? Because in Star Wars, there isn't really boundaries. You can get in a ship and go wherever you want. Yeah. But why do you why do you draw that? Say you wanted Moss Eisley. Why do you draw that line around Moss Eisley where yeah. you stop? And I, I feel like that can be a pretty big immersion breaker in a in a Star Wars game. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the I mean the thing is with like Star Wars is just huge in just every aspect and you know with all the worlds and stuff like that. You, you can't. I feel like with a Star Wars game, you want to go as big and as bold as you can to really fit that kind of Star yeah. Wars feel to it. But then at the same time, you've got to be you know realistic and kind of really think: is this you know is this really achievable? And where you know you do have to draw a line somewhere, um, and it mm-hmm. some you know sometimes it can be very difficult to. Is this just real that. life, or is it just fantasy? <laughs> I almost started singing. <laughs> the okay. thing is, one thing I get across quite re- quite often actually, um, when I post something about um, squadrons and formerly Project Maverick, is that there are some people that say, "Oh, well, it's cool for you pilots, you get your Starfighter game, but I want an open world Star Wars game," and EA cancelled two of them. Uh, second reaction is, well, happy for you. You like flying and have fun with it. But I wish they would have continued support for Battlefront 2. Um, so in theory, what Sage kind of hinted at at the beginning, that if you had like one game for Starfighters, one game for Open World Friends, and one game for Battlefront fans, ironically, now we pilots might be the only ones who get <laughs> to have a game um, that has Flying is current support <laughs> while you know trooper uh, friends or heroes friends um, will have to make do with Battlefront 2 that isn't getting any updates and while fans of open world Star Wars game don't have a game actually so I'm kind of worried a little bit that like the general reaction sometimes by people is, well, it's cool Starfighter game. I'm probably buying it, but I want a Battlefront 3. Yeah. I want Heroes vs. Villains, the game. That's what <laughs> I want. That's what I want. We'll start a petition. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I'd play yeah, that as well. Do it. Let's boycott Star Wars Quadrants <laughs> and just go for it. <laughs> you probably get more than 50 yeah. signatures for that, I imagine. We'll get about... 200 up for, uh, that could be a cool concept enough. though some kind of for honor style gameplay i mean that's always how i envision and envisions the the ideal heroes versus villains mm-hmm. just, yeah. i mean, just some I mean it, real... it, it, like the way it plays it might as well be its own game like it's it's so different from the rest of battlefront yeah definitely. definitely and and like it 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 suffers from being connected to battlefront and the larger scale yeah. game modes because absolutely. of the, the hero gameplay because you Oh, the balancing. Oh. Exactly. That's something that has always, always plagued uh, Battlefront. 
is the balancing of yes, this character is like super overpowered with uh, supremacy, but like you bring him over to this game mode, and it's their their gameplay just does not match up with a team based. Yeah, I mean, and it's difficult as well because it's and like fair play to Jan, he's done a really good job, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely, or the, be- or the best job that you can do, but. It is really hard to balance heroes against heroes and then heroes against um, infantry, which are much weaker and easier to kill. So how do you make that? How do you make that balanced in infantry modes and hero modes? It's 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 hard, and you end up with these weird balancing issues, like you know, like Vader having just being Vader. <laughs> but it's 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 nuts. But if heroes versus villains was were its own game. Then, oh, just imagine that you could have dedicated balancing, proper like uh, maps designed for heroes versus villains, like small arena-based maps. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's heaven for me. Definitely, yeah. And so, before we go into one of like the the how to play topic of this episode, um, what I'll probably do is like separate this section into its own episode and then do like a specific one later on. But so we've got. EA is losing the license in what th- three years? Two, three years? Three years, yeah. It, three years. Yeah, it, well, it, the contract currently runs out in, in twenty twenty three, but obviously anything can happen. A lot of people want EA to lose the license, but I don't think that's a good idea. I think if if EA actually looks at itself and is actually able to get over itself and see the mistakes that they made, I think it would be much more powerful because Battlefront 2015 made very specific mistakes. Um, Battlefront 2 made very specific mistakes that were different from Battlefront 2015. Fallen Order was a huge success, um, but cut corners in certain areas. And then we have Squadrons, which is coming out, which is a completely different type of game. And then we'll have Fallen Order 2. So if they can take all of this experience and actually run with it and see the kind of content that's really good and go in with another, maybe they sign another 10-year contract kind of thing. If they can take that and go forward with that, I think it would be much more powerful. Either that or open it up completely to where EA can still make Star Wars games and Disney runs it as like Lucasfilm used to be, LucasArts, where they said, oh, hey, you're a developer. Want to make a Star Wars game? Oh, hey, over here, you want to make a Star Wars game? If they do it like that, it could be really good too. I mean, I see why people want EA to lose the license because of everything you just mentioned. But one thing I don't think people realize is that if EA does lose the license and another publisher picks it up, that publisher can't hit the ground running in the same way that EA can. Because EA will have a decade of assets uh, and support stuff and you know they'll, they'll have they have everything there to make Star Wars titles, and more importantly, experience with a Lucasfilm team because they are yeah, exa- historically exactly. very hard to work with. <laughs> exactly. Say if Ubisoft picked up the license, we're going to end up with another period of say five to ten years where there isn't that many games because all the studios are still trying to set things up and make all the assets from scratch and set up all those pipelines and everything. Yeah. Whereas EA can just renew the license and just carry on as they were and slowly ramp up production so there's more and more titles being made they can open up studios blah 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 like most people seem to forget that about how it was at the start and we didn't hear Mm -hmm. anything for two years yeah it took battlefront 25th it took battlefront when ea got the license in 2013 to battlefront 2015 coming out that's 
two years of nonstop development and building up relationships and building up the pipelines, like you were saying, building up all of these things to a game that launched where it was a very small game. Like people were expecting Battlefront 2015 to be this huge game where it covers all the errors, it does everything right, mm-hmm. it does all of these things, but it literally could not have done that because yeah, of the time frame. there was no frame. way they could have done that. It's, it, it's like if... Um if you look at any other studio, say say Riot, when League of Legends first came out, it was quite a small game. And then you compare it to now, um, however many years later, and it's absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. It's the same It's the same thing at EA or any other publisher, but it's going to start off with a new IP. It's going to start off small and get bigger as it goes on. And we're starting to see that finally with EA. All of their experience and assets are starting to come together in a, in a way that allows them to create bigger and better worlds and more of them. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, if you look at, obviously, like we were saying, there was a two-year period where we didn't really have anything until Battlefront 1 came out. But, like, if you look at the first five years and then you look at the next five years, so first five years, you know, okay, so in, in 2018, it, I mean, it was pretty much 2018 when Battlefront, you know, was starting to get updates and things like that. Um, and then, you know, 2018 was... We had some decent updates, but then in 2019, when that kind of the next period started, we had a ton of updates for Battlefront 2, like really good content, and then we had Fallen Order. And then, you know, if everything is true, then we'll get Star Wars Squadrons this year. So we had Battlefront 2 content last year and Fallen Order, some Battlefront 2 content this year in 2020, and Star Wars Squadrons. And then, if you know, that could potentially go and get some, you know, even more content next year through 2021 and then i think the fallen order sequel is rumored for 2022 so then we could see that in 2022 as well and Mm. if you compare the first five years to the last five years you can really see how much like how time has allowed them to really push on and create even more content and it would i think you know if, if if ea did actually lose the rights to make a star wars game then i think it would obviously be I think it would be a big mistake because, again, we'd have another period where all of these, you know, whoever would then have it, we'd have a period of time where we're not seeing anything. And then yeah. it would be, oh, here's a game, but then we're not going to see another game in, you know, for maybe two, three years. Mm-hmm. And then it will start to pump out again. But, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of people have said, like, they don't necessarily have to have exclusive rights. Like, EA could still make Star Wars games, but then other developer other development studios other publishers can also make star wars games as well like that you know that could be a thing but if ea you know if it if disney were like okay well no we kind of want someone to have exclusive rights then Mm -hmm. ea would still be the right choice to go through because yes okay they have made mistakes but as ethan said earlier like they they can hit this next one with the ground running and they can just power on through and start bringing out more games on a, you know, they can start bringing out games on a on a more regular basis, you know? Definitely. The thing is, though, if you look at the history of the Star Wars games that came out ever since Electronic Arts got the license, um, they cancelled more Star Wars games than they published. And if you think of um, the Rector game that had uh, Amy Hennig being part of it, Mm-hmm. And then we had the open world ga- um, game that was developed um, at EA Montreal that got cancelled. Then the Battlefront spin-off 
that was also developed in uh, at EA Vancouver. Did they really succeed? Um, was it really the right choice? Just throwing it out there. The idea, I think the idea, if I, I read through some of the early press releases um, recently because I'm making a video on uh, the history of EA Motive. And um, in the statements, Disney always said, we want a strong partner um, who has experience in development and is big as well. That was the punchline. So they can bring out huge content. And Electronic Arts is big, without a doubt, with all these studios they have in their um, roster. But did this also hurt um, the development of Star Wars games? If you just look at how many times developers had to go away from Battlefront to help out with Battlefield Five, for example. I mean, that's a dice thing, but you know what I mean? I feel like with the cancelled games, I one of the reasons why I quite like EA is that they're not afraid to... If something isn't living up to its name, they're not afraid to just cancel it, which a lot of studios wouldn't do. They would just, like, say um, Star Citizen, and I know that a lot of people might get really angry at this, but the, the way it's going, it's clearly not living up to its name. I'll, I'll say it that way. And they put themselves in this position where they can't really cancel it or they're too afraid to or whatever. Whereas EA are not afraid to do that. If something is a dud, they will just cancel it. They won't They won't just keep at it, you know, for years and years at a time to try and make it better. It's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. I mean, like, like, there's no telling how much work w would have been needed to make Amy Hennig's Star Wars game mm -hmm. a success. Yeah. Her game got cancelled twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't know too much about that. We don't like, or at least I don't. I'm really into it. I don't know why it got cancelled or whatever. But it might have just been. It might just turned out to be a bad game, and and that's that. That's just how it so is. So what I've gathered is Amy Hennig wanted to make an Amy Hennig game. EA wanted to make an EA game. And they both came at it and tried to do a compromise where neither party was happy, <laughs> and it just ended up badly uh, on the on the, that side of things, where it just wasn't getting uh, things weren't getting done, and they had to cancel it. And then they transferred to another. Uh, they tried to make it into something else, use those assets, but it just didn't work out either. I think a lot of those assets ended up in. Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I remember looking through the files and there was a big um, folder called, I can't remember what the name was, but it was, it might have just said Montreal or Motive or something or whatever the studio was called. Ragtag, that's the one. That's the name of the, yeah, there was a folder called Ragtag and inside of there was a whole bunch of models that they used for Fallen Order. So those those, those assets are getting used. They are, they are still, you know, going on. Amy Hennig still lives in all of those games. Yeah. But the thing is, if you look at EA and think of them as a football club, I'm not a football um, person, so <laughs> if I screw something up, um, interrupt me and correct me, please. So they've got all the these star group. players, and the star players being the studio. Who in the end is to blame if you don't win a championship? The one single star player or the organization that didn't succeed in, you know, putting the team on the winning track? Blame the manager. Mm -hmm. that's what i think and to me in this comparison ea is the manager so 
Definitely. I get what you mean, Ethan. It's mm. totally fine to cancel something and say it's something we shouldn't do. Um, I worked for a very short time in IT as well, and I saw very good ideas getting canceled because, well, they were good, but didn't work. <laughs> and it's always a bold move to do that, especially if you invest the time and money. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I think you have to find ways to make it work and to manage it. And obviously, if what Sage said is true, that um, Amy Hennig wanted to an Amy Hennig game, then Electronic Arts, the manager, should have ways to do both, you know? Wasn't wasn't Amy Hennig the top person in that regard, though, for that title? As in... Yeah, so she was the director of Project Ragtag, and formerly she worked on the Uncharted series. So she was like that game's Dennis, kind of. Yes, but even like... She was basically the Steven Spielberg of video games. So she, she's like way up there on terms of name recognition in the developer. And like they specifically got her on there to make like a basically Star Wars movie, but as a video game type of thing. And it just ended yeah. up being way too big because they brought the actual um, concept artist from the prequels to work on it. I remember that was like a huge thing. Just because someone's name, like you recognize their name or they've been good in the past, doesn't always necessarily mean they're going to, you know, strike gold this time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Ronaldo I, is going to score for Real Madrid just as he's going to <laughs> score for Bayern Munich, right? <laughs> I'm talking about football. We should really shift he's, this to the NBA I, or something. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what. I, all I know is that in football, there's feet and balls. Like, <laughs> depends on which one you're talking about too is this uk football or soccer. u.s football like soccer soccer the actual football real football yeah <laughs> but no i mean like that's an interesting point but i'm i think ethan actually you kind of had an interaction with a guy who actually worked on ragtag didn't, didn't you and he was saying mm. that had they had they made the game in unreal they probably would have shipped it, but because they yeah. were working on Frostbite, mm -hmm. they didn't. And I, f yeah. and I feel like that was part of obviously. It's 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 hard to tell like if that if he just meant that in a better way or if he was if he, or if he was being genuine about that. The couple of people I've talked to that have like had experience like just in respawn, respawn has said many times if they tried to make this if they tried to make Fallen Order and Frostbite, it wouldn't have happened. And mm -hmm. like Frostbite's super powerful, but mostly towards visuals than it is for the production of a game, or so I hear. Yeah. Uh, I feel like because Frostbite's an EA engine, I feel like EA are very much kind of inclined and will prioritize well, cheaper, use of it? that it's... literally over anything. Well, because, yeah, of course, it's, it's obviously cheaper, but it, you know, it does need to get the results. And if, you know, Fallen Order came out and you know, it certainly blew my expectations and I think, you know, it was a huge success and obviously that was done on Unreal and I feel like that could hopefully be a bit of an eye-opener to EA as well and to be like, okay, obviously for the most part we're going to want to use our own engine obviously because it is cheap so we can cut the costs but also let's try and, you know, maybe, well, like, because they'll have some sort of a relationship with Epic now as well but through the Unreal engine, they kind of think, well, okay, maybe sometimes we can use unreal as well and obviously with the um with the growth that you know with ue5 coming out in um late 21 then that's going to be you know that could be a big step up and ea can try and utilize that 
you know, and I'm I'm sure Frostbite will have this big update as well in the next few years. But yeah, I I, I saw somewhere the next Battlefield will be using Frostbite four instead of Frostbite three, which is uh, it's it's a leak or a rumor, so don't put too much faith in it. Here's here's a question: Do you think that Squadrons will use Unreal Engine or Frostbite? That's a good question. My first instinct would be Frostbite. Motive's a new studio, relatively. I don't think they would have, like, the pool... Yeah, because they got founded in 2015. So I don't think they'd have the pool like Respawn would, where Respawn basically said, we're making this an Unreal Engine. Basically, they said, we can show you where to shove it if you have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's I mean, Respawn. Like, Motive is the... Um, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but they are the they were the Anthem B team. They, they probably don't have that much... Uh, sway at EA mm-hmm. but you never know like with the success of uh, Respawn Apex and Jelly Fallen Order EA might have had a little change of heart but you know EA only found out about the success after it launched and yeah EA Motive Star Wars game has been in development for some time now mm-hmm. two so years yeah I think it will be in Frostbite yeah I imagine it will be in Frostbite but it wouldn't surprise me if potential future titles weren't yeah, yeah, I think they should leave it up to the developer rather than the, the people who don't do any development saying, hey, make this thing in the thing we made. Well, if you look at Bioware, they they chose to use Frostbite. You know, they were given the option of Unreal Engine and Frostbite, and they chose Frostbite for whatever reason. Probably mm-hmm. money. I guess it was just that you know, they saw more opportunity to claw yeah. back some revenue by using Frostbite. I think that's about it for this episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at SWB Podcast and links to all of the awesome guests in this episode and their Twitter and channels will be in the description of this episode. You can also find us on Instagram at SWB Podcast. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast or through PayPal, paypal.me slash tie-dye-sheep. T-Y-E-D-Y-E-S-H-E-E-P. A great free way to support the show is through leaving a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you can find podcasts and leave a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. We love hearing your thoughts on the show as well as feedback. A new thing we are doing, we are streaming every Saturday on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. We've had three streams so far, and all of them have been really, really fun. The first one, I just streamed instant action while I was figuring out the settings for streaming, but the other two are really great. The second one was just me talking about the future of the show and Star Wars games and... uh, interacting with the the awesome people that joined on the stream the third one we've done was with ethan and we played all kinds of different game modes within battlefront as well as 1v1s from battlefront 2015 so stay tuned to the channel for that and even more wayfinder guests you can listen to the show on itunes soundcloud stitcher google play spotify youtube wherever you can find podcasts you can find this show as always thanks for listening and may the force be with you. Uh.